You like movies? You like TV? How about some video games? Get your ass to squabblebox.co.uk. Hell yeah. Whether it's cinema classics, gaming grades, or TV gems, they got you covered. They do video and podcasts too. Podcasts? What's a podcast? Listen to Squabblecast with editor Dave James and a revolving door of guests for geeky retrospectives, stuck in the long box with Luca and Xavier for some comic book worship, Jedi fun time with our old friend Johnny and the boys interviewing some Star Wars folk, or even Beam Me Up Scotty in which the titular Scotty joins Dave for a semi-regular dose of Star Trek love. And even the latest geeky news with our very own, it came from across the pond. Don't forget that one. I heard that one's Good. Reviews, news, videos, and podcasts at squabblebox.co.uk. Entertainment under attack. Wow. given day, a given circumstance, you think you have a limit. And you then go for this limit. And you touch this limit. And you think, okay, this is the limit. And so you touch this limit. Something happens. And you suddenly can go a little bit further. With your mind power, your determination, your instinct, and the experience as well, you can fly very high. That's what Ayrton Senna said about Formula One racing. And I can't help but feel he might have been talking about this podcast too. 1615, or I try and discuss six uh, things of a different thing in a 15 minute time period. And in many ways, it does replicate uh, the fast paced life of a racing car driver, the excitement of going to the moon, or any other job you can think of really that has uh, any kind of speed involved. Uh, any kind of velocity at all, really. I suppose maybe not the people who actually make parts for speed things, so things that travel fast, I guess their work must be quite slow and methodical. Um, but in general, it's, it's a very, very fast podcast. And that's generally the point, uh, so there isn't any edits. We do just go for it as we go along. I say we go for it, it's just me. Uh, hence why, as you can see there, you prove that we do indeed keep in all the errors. And we simply just watch the clock run down. Uh, we are now on 13 minutes and 35 seconds, so time is already beginning to run, sadly. Okay, so today, obviously with Christmas coming up, I thought I would have a look at the six best Christmas specials. Now that's a tricky one, because I would argue uh, that a Christmas special is a very personal thing. Uh, it often comes from your childhood, maybe, or perhaps of a specific Christmas, perhaps a really strong memory that makes you think, yes, that was the best time, and that's why I enjoyed watching that programme. And because that's such a personal thing, uh, it would be really nice to go into a bit more detail about why I picked these choices, uh, the reasons behind them, but sadly there isn't any time. In fact, we're already down to 12 minutes and 56, 55 seconds. So instead... You're just going to have to go with the fact that these are the top six best Christmas specials uh, and accept that. I used accept there twice quite soon after each other. Not something I would have usually done. I would have realised at that point, definitely. Okay, so in at number six, we have the League of Gentlemen Christmas special. Now, this was, I'd say, probably early noughties. Again, I should have looked it up, but there's no time now. 
And this was just after the first two series of The League of Gentlemen had been released. And it is just truly horrible. I know, obviously, they've always had this uh, underlying dark edge to their work in uh, the first two series of The League of Gentlemen, but this one really pushed it. There was a child kidnap at Christmas, uh, some kind of suicide cult, and a genuinely terrifying thing about vampires, which when I first saw this when I was about probably 13, 14, really, really did scare me. And just from listening to a couple of the cast members over the years, they do seem to have almost had some uh, regrets about it, I would say. They do tend to think maybe they did actually go a bit too far with this Christmas special. But that said, it's got some incredible imagery. And if you're looking for a really horrible Christmas special, i.e. a genuine horror one with lots of references to old horror films and a genuinely amazing vampire story, then I really must recommend uh, you check this out. Uh, Although some of the characters from the series do uh, go into it, it's not specifically tied to the series. So even if you've never seen The League of Gentlemen before, it's worth checking out. Oh, 11 minutes 28, we're smashing it again. Now look at that. I must have done that in, what, a minute maybe? I'm going to have a little uh, sip of water. (sighs) Look at that. We're doing so well. I can uh, just enjoy a nice sip of water. And it doesn't even affect the timeline. 11 minutes and 12 seconds. Okay, so uh, on to the second one. Uh, Bottom. Now... Bottom, Rick Mail and Adrian Edmondson's uh, sitcom of the early 90s. Not, I wouldn't really say it's forgotten. I think a lot of people uh, do still really like it. Perhaps they don't just do as many repeats uh, as you would expect from it. Their Christmas special, what I loved about it is it really summed up all the traditions of a British Christmas and really uh, gave us a classic example of how manic a comedian Rick Mail really was. Uh, it's such a great loss that he's gone and I do think he was one of the greatest comedians of all time, especially in terms of his just sheer... Uh, crazy persona in this series everything he does from start to finish is just completely manic I always remember my friend's favourite bit of it was when he dresses up like Father Christmas at the start even just the way he holds out the tape player and waggles it around as he plays a Christmas song just before coming in to surprise his friend as Father Christmas even though it is literally just both of them in the flat just sums up just how well he played that character and you can watch it again and again and find lots of different things there's lots of classic scenes here all the violence all the slapstick that we associate with that series and I highly highly recommend it again probably is because I watched it when I was little and maybe it's not that great when you watch it back but no no time to discuss that now 10 minutes on the nail 2 minutes each we're loving it okay so going into I can't remember if I went 6 I think I won 6 by 4 okay let's pretend the first one was 6 (coughs) <coughs> excuse me see that cough would definitely have gone first one was six uh, bottom was five on to number four extras uh, Ricky Gervais's extras this is probably ooh, 2005 2006 now again <coughs> excuse me I do apologise should have looked this up no time to check and the reason I put in the extras Christmas special is I do feel it's been slightly dismissed as a bit of a lovey fest over the years um I think the Office Christmas special, the two-parter, got such good praise that perhaps when it came to extras, people were kind of looking for a fall a bit. <sighs> Just having a lovely drink there again. Um, but actually, I do think it's one of the best pieces of work that Ricky Gervais has done. Um, admittedly, there are still a lot of cameos, like in the rest of extras season, but in terms of a closed story, so something that you watch and you can just enjoy, that extras finale really does work. Uh, it brings in a lot of stuff about fame that he was trying to do in the series. You watch it ten years later, and it's still very, very relevant. And even just all the little things like the Ray dolls and the Christmas at the start, the way his character really does change into uh, this huge uh, monolith in the industry and then falls down, it brings the whole thing to a satisfying conclusion and there's a great story in itself. Um, although maybe it doesn't have that much to do with Christmas really, apart from it being slightly shoehorned in, it was definitely released at Christmas time, so I'm going to count it as a Christmas special 
uh, whether you like it or not. We're smashing it now. Look at that, 8 minutes 25. Again, um, one thing we're discovering is that there's actually quite a lot of time, 15 minutes, to discuss six things. It's not as uh, dramatic as I thought. But then, I guess when you're perhaps racing or going to the moon, you do have that extra time, even though you're going very fast. So let's not say that this doesn't work as a format. Let's just make it clear that we are um, realising that even when you're going very fast, there's times where you need to go quite slow. Okay, so on to number three, which is the Inside Number Nine uh, Christmas Special. Now, again, a bit hard in terms of saying it's specifically a Christmas special, but it does focus on Krampus, and it does take the place of take the style of a 70s uh, television drama, kind of like a horror television drama. I know this isn't necessarily what they were referencing, but I always felt it was a bit like um, Roald Dahl's Tales of the Unexpected. And what's very interesting uh, is it takes on the tropes of a director's commentary as well. So all the way through in what seems like you're watching just quite like a pastiche of a, a 70s a horror drama, you actually start to hear a director's commentary over the top, talking about what he didn't like, what he didn't like, that kind of thing. Excuse me. And also he starts to talk about Krampus as well. Obviously, as I'm sure you all know, the Christmas devil. And uh, it's very interesting to see a Christmas story about that. There aren't actually that many of them out there. However, there is a twist in the tale, which I'm not going to reveal here. And it really is. Uh, and I know I said this about the League of Gentlemen, and obviously it's the same people. But it really is a shocking ending, uh, a truly horrifying ending. And one that I'm sure you won't see coming. I personally didn't see it coming. Uh, myself. Now, as I say, it is a bit of an acquired taste because you do need to know a little bit about 70s TV horror. You sort of need to understand uh, how a director's commentary works in terms of its rules and regulations, what Krampus is, and then there's something else you kind of need to understand at the end, which I'm not going to reveal. But again, if you're looking for a slightly more horrible Christmas tale, you really can't do better than uh, the Inside Number 9 Christmas special. It, I kind of watched it just out of nowhere. It was a real surprise uh, in the calendar. Okay. So we're going on to number two with six minutes and 15 seconds left. Goodness me. We might be able to... No, we won't. I'm obviously not going to slip in another one. That would be absolutely preposterous. I mean, the whole point of this is it's six things in 15 minutes. And if we were to go to seven, I mean, would we have to rename the podcast? Would we have to start again? Maybe do a whole new series? I haven't got time to do a seven in 15 podcast as well, really. It, we have to stick to the six in 15 format. I know you may disagree with that, but... That's it. That's what we're doing at this stage. Okay, we're sticking with it. Six and fifteen. Lovely stuff. Okay, so on to number two, we're going for the Black Mirror special. Now, this is another one that uh, brought in together lots of different ideas about Christmas and, and very felt like Christmas theme. I suppose, ironically, uh, a lot of stuff we've looked at so far uh, hasn't actually had that much Christmas in it. But this one was two, uh, well, kind of three actually, uh, Christmas science fiction tales with that dark edge uh, that Black Mirror has. Uh, John Hamm is fantastic in the main role along, is it Rave Spall? Yes, I'm going to say Rave Spall. Uh, and there's some incredible science fiction ideas in there. Uh, a lot of stuff to do with, uh, say, time manipulation in computers, but also uh, how you can use, give computers theoretically human personalities in the future and what the ethics of that would be, how that would work. Uh, lots of different technology in the future, a very creepy story about a Christmas party. And yeah, for what is essentially uh, a Christmas special, which can sometimes can be a bit throwaway, there's lots of really interesting ideas here and really worth checking out, especially if you're a Black Mirror fan. Uh, one thing I would say, and this is just a bit of a random one, if you were a Walking Dead fan, I know some people said John Hamm would be really good as Negan, and I think you can really see it here. You can really see it. Look at that. This just doesn't... That's right, we're going to have to start again, aren't we? Um, I think you can really see it here. 
you can really see how he would have played the character of Negan. He pretty much could have just copied this straight across uh, and it would have worked. So just a little treat there for the Walking Dead fans. Pretend that he's Negan. Just, just close your eyes. That'll work, I guess. Or, or just pretend. I mean, you can probably just pretend with your eyes open. Uh, it also has the best use of I wish it could be Christmas every day. Ever. And that's almost a spoiler for the ending. Okay, so we are on to the final, final one. With four minutes to go. Blimey, that's nearly a third of the podcast. I mean, again, it's going to be six and fifteen. I don't know. Maybe I should just kind of do kind of more at the start. Have a little introduction. There is time. I definitely could have summed up why these are my favourites, couldn't I? I know I said that I couldn't have done that, but there was definitely time. So let's just uh, move on. Oh, three minutes thirty now, actually. Fair play. Okay, so on to number one for me, which is the Alan Partridge, or rather Knowing Me, Knowing You Christmas special, uh, which finished the second series of Alan Partridge, and that is quite a deliberate use of phrase. So what it is, uh, we're spending Christmas in Alan's mock-up house, meeting all sorts of different guests that he has over a a one-hour special where he meets us. Is it a one-hour special? It might be half an hour. It felt like a one-hour special. Actually, no, it's belatedly half an hour. Now I've thought about it, but... uh, Hey, again, no time to check, although ironically we do have time to check, but uh, I'm not going to. So, again, it's it's one of the best episodes of Alan Partridge and was the one that terminated that first series. Uh, you get lots of different brilliant moments, like the cracker with Alan Partridge's face, uh, when he tries to do 12 Days of Christmas, but with an Alan Partridge theme. Just the fact it's set within his, a mock-up of his house, uh, Fanny Craddock. Uh, actually, Simply Red are in there at the end. And what's amazing is, Uh, You really get a sense that it is a tacky Christmas special, so something like Noel's House Party, something like that. It feels like something that has been laid on by BBC or ITV and is uh, dramatically going wrong. And although it is a very sad ending to a Christmas story, uh, if you are a Partridge fan, it is perhaps him at his zenith on the television screen. This is when the budget and everything like that, at least within the fictional world, was at its peak before it all came crashing down. And he went on to Radio Norwich. So for any Alan Partridge fan, it has to be checked out. For anyone who's ever watched a tacky Christmas special, you can see the tropes of it. And as a character study, it's an essential chapter in the Alan Partridge story. Okay, so uh, that is everything. And we still have two minutes left, blimey. Okay, let's see. Shall we run through them again? League of Gentlemen, number six. No, this isn't going to work. We can't just run through them again. That's the whole point of the podcast. So um, I hope you all have a wonderful Christmas. Uh, I'm recording this on, is it December the 12th? Just running up to the Christmas season. I wonder if there'll be any Christmas specials this year. One minute, 30 to go. Oh, gosh, oh, blimey, I completely forgot to say something, of course. Now, you might remember that we weren't going to do Christmas specials. I said I was going to do Ben Wheatley, but then we sort of ran out of time and then I suddenly realised we had to do Christmas specials. So next week's... Next week's, as if I'm going to release this on a weekly basis, next time's is actually going to be Ben Wheatley. So, for those of you that were expecting Ben Wheatley, I meant to mention this at the start. At least you can prove I really do uh, just do this in one take. There's no way that I, I go back and edit these. I mean, I'm, I think that was pretty clear from when I coughed earlier. That was, uh, that was pathetic. Uh, yeah, so next time, there's going to be Ben Wheatley, probably in the new year by now. Uh, top six Ben Wheatley scenes, which is a bit tricky because I haven't seen two of his films. Uh, so I've seen less than six Ben Wheatley films, so you already know that um, some of the films are going to be repeated. But we'll save that as a treat uh, for next time, so that's a surprise, so don't mention that. Um, 35 seconds. So yeah, apologies if you uh, came here for Ben Wheatley. 
Uh, he will. Well, he won't be here next week. Um, I've, I've never met him. But uh, a description of some of his scenes will be here next week. But until then, uh, I hope you have a lovely Christmas. I've definitely said that at least once. Maybe get some of these uh, on DVD for Christmas if it comes out in time. I, I imagine with Amazon um, you'll probably have time to order them beforehand. Maybe some of them will be on Blu-ray where you can find them online. Goodbye, everyone. Hey, were you feeling that? I don't know, man. All they do is talk. Yeah, but it's cheap. I mean, like, free. Besides, we could become, like, the new Chris Hardwick. Who the hell is Chris Hardwick? Don't get your ass to Mars. Get your ass to squabblebox.co.uk. News, reviews, videos, and podcasts that cover movies, video games, TV, and comic books. Squabblebox.co.uk, baby. Entertainment under attack.